We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is May 11th. It is 2022. We have seven baseball games because we're going to focus on the seven-game main slate. There's some early games. we got some day baseball. Got all kinds of great stuff going on. So if you are looking for early game content, you can head on over to Rotor Grinders at, I think it's at 1045. Dean and Blender are doing a Grinders Live, and then there's Crunch Time at noon Eastern with Kevin Roth, Keith, who's on the podcast with me today, and TJ. So uh, they'll also be Dean and Andre at 5 Eastern for the main slate. But we're going to talk about the main slate here. Keith, um, eyes 819. What's happening, my friend? Yeah, not much. we got a nice day of baseball where it's spread out throughout the day, so guys like us that do this for a living, you just get to sit around and watch baseball all day. Nothing better than that. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I love baseball. Everyone knows that I love baseball by now. Um, so, and I love day baseball because like day baseball usually starts at like one Eastern and that's right around when my son takes a nap. So it's like, it's perfect timing. Um, so 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on the West coast. So it's, it's wake up, roll out of bed, do a, do a show and then watch baseball the rest of the day. It's can't beat that. Yeah. Keith's going to have morning here tomorrow. Yeah. I was going to say the odds of him having a hat on are like minus a thousand here. So um, don't mess with those odds, but we got seven games to talk about. I like this slate. I, I was looking at it before we got rolling here. Um, there's a lot of different ways to attack this slate. I mean, pitching wise, we have some good pitchers on this slate. They're in tough matchups. So it'd be interesting how this slate ownership kind of shakes up because I mean, there's not many weak teams on this slate. I mean, we have Oakland at Detroit on this slate, but the pitchers in that game are iffy at best. Um, So I can't wait to break this one down. It's interesting. So let's get started here. Mets nationals. Eight and a half total here. The Mets, a 185 favorite. We got McGill going up against Aaron Sanchez. Um, any interest here in Tyler McGill? I do have some interest. I don't love the price tag, but he's been really good this season. Uh, strikeout rate over 27%. Walk rate looks really good. Um, I just I, I don't like pitch, picking on Washington much. They don't strike out a ton. Um, I, I know they're, they're not a huge threat either, but – We've got a couple other guys I think have a little bit more upside, but McGill is a good pitcher. Um, I think he's a good tournament pivot off of like McClanahan, who we'll talk about, and Otani, who's a little bit underpriced. I think those will be the chalkier guys. So I think McGill comes in with fairly low ownership here. So I don't mind him for tournaments. Uh, I like what he's doing this year. Good pitcher. Yeah, I mean, the promise is there. The whole Mets team, like I was talking about it with a buddy today, and I think the Mets are like legit contenders to win the world series this year. Um, Cause I mean, they're doing, they're doing really well. And you know, DeGrom's going to come back here in a, in a month or so, but yeah, McGill 27% K rate, the swinging strike rate matches and lines up with the strikeout rate. So um, I don't see like numbers where there's going to be some regression here. And if you can get around Soto and bell, the rest of this order is kind of weak, you know, Hernandez is a guy that no power, but he's going to put the ball in play. So it's all about Babbitt with him. But I mean, Nelly Cruz, he's getting towards the end of his career. And if you look from Nelly Cruz down in this lineup, everybody in the, in this lineup, this season has a 48% or more ground ball rate against right-handed pitching. So I think McGill, he's solid today, even in this, I'd say tough matchup, but tougher matchup at the bottom of this order definitely makes it a matchup that McGill can win. And then on the other side of this game, Aaron Sanchez, you know, I mean, he threw 84 pitches in cores last time out, struggled six earned runs in, in cores. Um, I mean, okay. He's faced the giants twice. Those are two tough teams, but he's facing a Mets team. That's solid. He's not a huge strikeout guy. He's a big ground ball guy. I think he is okay, but I don't want to play him in DFS. Yeah, I agree. There's just not enough strikeouts here. Um, and we've got a, a couple young guys who have some strikeout ability, but we're a little bit more concerned about the leash. We're a little cheaper. Um, I mean, if he was the only cheap option on the slate, maybe you could talk me into a little bit. But this matchup against the Mets, they haven't struck out a ton this year. Sanchez isn't direct, uh, generating any strikeouts, so I'll, I'll pass on Sanchez. All right, let's talk Mets bats. I mean, looking at the pricing – Lindor's 5,100, but the rest of the team is under 5K. 
Um, so I don't love this stack in Washington, but I could see maybe playing Alonzo, Lindor, Nimmo ish type of lineup. Um, I, I don't love the Mets here, but I think they're okay. My biggest concern is a lot of these guys are ground ball hitters, you know, Alonzo and Escobar are fly ball hitters. So maybe you look at those guys against a ground ball pitcher like Sanchez, but even though like Sanchez is a guy that I don't want to play, he's not necessarily a guy that typically gives up like two or three home runs in a start either. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, good control, just not going to strike anybody out, but if he's getting it on the ground um, to these ground ball hitters, that that's a problem for, for trying to string together some runs here. So I do like Alonzo as a power one off. Um, it depends on the lineup for me, because there are some guys who are cheap who might help make the stack work. Um, if you get like a Mark Canna in the lineup, he's 2,800 on DK. Uh, JD Davis is really cheap. He's got some power um dom smith so it just depends on on if we get a couple of those value bats in here um i i like alonzo a lot i'd, I'd play some lindor um nimmo's I, I don't like that price on nimmo i played a ton of him this year when he was in the 3ks but he's up to 4800 now um so depending upon the lineup i like escobar at 4200 like you mentioned as well um but if we get a, a dom smith or a jd davis mark Hanna in the lineup i'd, I'd be interested in the full stack Fair enough. Um, the other side of this game, any interest here in the Washington bats? No, I talked about McGill and how he's looked this year. I, I, I think he's a pretty good pitcher, so um, would just be like a Soto one-off for me. Um, Cruz hasn't done enough where I'm going to chase it against a, a good pitcher, um, and I don't like the stack. So just one Soto is a one-off. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get Soto pretty low on here, um, so – Anytime you can get a guy with this much talent, low-owned, you have to have some interest. Up next, we got the Rays and the Angels. Seven total, slightly pick em game. Slight favorite to the Angels here in most books, like 110 to 115. Um, McClanahan against Otani. We'll start here with um, Shane McClanahan. Obviously, 10-2. He has shown some really good stuff to to start the season. And, I mean, if you look at the Angels lineup, obviously Otani, does he hit here? I mean, he, he usually typically does, but with a lefty on the hill and pitching, it'd be interesting to see if he's hitting in this spot or not. Um, I could see him not hit here. But, yeah, Rendon, Trout, very good against – left-handed pitching, but there's a lot of holes in this lineup against left-handed pitching. So I, I definitely am going to be looking at McClanahan's ownership on this slate. Cause I think he could dominate the bottom half of this lineup. Yeah. McClanahan uh, and Otani too, for that matter. I mean, these, I, these are the two best pitchers on the slate, in my opinion. Um, McClanahan's price is tough since he doesn't have the longest leash in the world, but the strikeout stuff makes up for it. And the angels have struck out plenty this year. So uh, I'm, I'm all about some McClanahan in this spot. Obviously he needs to get around. Like the angels are getting a little bit healthier. Rendon is back. Um, Tyler Ward's been hitting the ball like crazy, but, um, Otani and Walsh lefties. McClanahan's really tough on lefties. So I, I think he can navigate this lineup. Um, 10, two is a big price tag, but I, I love the strikeout upside here in this matchup. Yeah. I mean, Overall, like this season, he has been one of those guys that 
has just been pitching fantastic. So um, I'm pulling it up because I, I was like slightly curious who has – I mean, we don't have a lot of qualifying numbers yet. I just – I feel like his swinging strike rate is one of the highest swinging strike rates in this on the in on the. Oh yeah, the he's year. he's in the top ten for sure. I think he's top five. Yeah, like his his swinging strike rate is sixteen point four percent. His contact rate is under sixty five percent. So, and like his stuff is so good that he gets guys chasing a lot. Um, so I watched a lot of that start against Seattle last time out because like West Coast games are typically games that are like on when I'm editing and like uploading the podcast and stuff. So I'll turn them on while I'm doing that. And like, he just, man, he gets guys on their toes and off balance a lot. So um, I'm going to be playing McClanahan a lot this year. And even in a tough matchup, tough air quotations, um, he just has to really get around like two or three hitters in this lineup. The other side of this game, obviously, you know, Otani, Big strikeout upside here. This team, a Tampa team that does strike out um, quite a bit. Otani is a big strikeout pitcher. Um, two double-digit strikeout games in, in five starts. And the other one, he had a nine-strikeout game. So, Otani 8,800, man, chasing some strikeouts here for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, he's another guy you worry about the leash with a little bit slightly, but he, that's priced in here at 8,800. Um, he should be he should be 10K right next to a McClanahan. Um, huge strikeout rate. He's gotten the walk rate under control this year, which just helps him pitch a little bit deeper into games because he's not a guy they're going to let go over a hundred ever. Probably. Uh, he did get up to 99 in his last one, which I, I wouldn't even count on that. He's going to be in that 85 to 95 range. Uh, most of his starts, but with a K rate in the upper thirties, uh, it's a guy that I want to target for sure. Plenty of strikeouts in this raise lineup. 8,800 is too cheap for Otani. Um, Tampa bats. I probably stay away. Um, it, it's just more of the pricing. Like Wander Franco is good. Brandon Lau is good. It, it's just the pricing on these guys. It, it's so high that I, I don't know if I can justify a one-off in, in a decent home run spot. I mean, Otani is a guy that gives up home runs. So, um, and this game is like a semi-day game in LA. Like it's a four o'clock start in LA. So. I mean, the weather is not going to be too bad for hitting here. I don't know. I don't think I can pay the prices for Tampa, but like, I wouldn't try to talk you off of like playing a mini stack or some one-offs here. Yeah, I, I don't have much in, interest. Just like Otani when he was wild, I wouldn't mind stacking against him because he he could go out there and walk like three guys in the first inning, and then his day was going to be really short from there. Now that he's got the control under um, wraps for like – compared to what it was last year. Um, I just, I don't see attacking Otani in this spot. I know he's probably going to be popular on the slate, um, but just, just not a guy. He can get out of too many jams with strikeouts. So I, I don't think I'd stack Tampa. Yeah. And on the angels side, I mean, Trout's super expensive, but Trout against any lefties in play. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, McClanahan, super talented. I'm, I'm not looking to stack Angels either. Um, like I said, these are the two best pitchers on the slate, so I'll probably be staying away from stacks on both sides here. Yep. All right, moving on to – we go from <laughs> those two guys to these two guys. We got Oakland at Detroit. 
Seven and a half total. That just tells you how bad um, these offenses are. Um, it's kind of a pick'em game. Tiger's a slight favorite here. We got Zach Lagoo going up against Joey Wentz. Um, any interest here in Zach Lagoo? No, he he was never a big strikeout guy in the minors. Uh, strikeout rate twenty one percent through a couple of starts here. He did get up to 90 pitches, but the price tag at, at 7,100, like, I just don't see any reason to do it. I know it's a great matchup against Detroit, but if, if he was 5,100, I might have some interest. Um, I think I would rather play Wentz on the other side just because of the discrepancy in price. Yeah, I, I mean, it's Detroit. He threw 90 pitches last time out. He's 7,100. It's a small slate. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's that, that. I think that's the only argument that you have going for him, but I'm with you. I think I take shots here on Joey Wentz. Um, you know, this guy, five starts this season in the minors. He's at 15.3% swinging strikes with a 34% K rate. The thing that is going to be a thing here for Joey Wentz, from what I've been reading, um, is he is a fly ball guy. And going to face a lot of righties here so the platoon is not going to be in his advantage so well i do don't i don't mind playing him in tournaments but i mean if piscotti and pinder are out um i know pinder had something with like his finger or something like that and then like piscotti was on the il so um he won't be in there i mean that's two of the better right-handed bats in this lineup but lorino is back murphy's a good against lefties so I kind of want to see what this lineup looks like. But with that said, I mean, you look at the minor league stuff and it's going to give up some home runs, but I mean, the strikeouts are going to be there. And at this price, like if he's going to throw 80, 85 pitches, I mean, he's made three minor league starts. I'm not worried about pitch count. If he's going to get 80, 85 pitches and gives up a couple home runs here and strikes out seven or eight batters, like at this price, I'm down with that. Yeah, I, I have some interest here. I'm not sure how much we will need it. Um, I haven't built lineups and seen how like offenses fit together and, and how useful that $5,300 salary will be. But you mentioned the strikeout stuff. I'm interested in chasing that against a bad Oakland team here. Um, he gives up a lot of fly balls, like you said, and he walks a lot of guys too. So even though like he's going to throw 80, 85 pitches probably, but if he, he starts walking a ton of guys, it's hard for him to get deep into a game. Um, I'm still going to take some shots. I think um, after I build some lineups, I'll figure out how much of him I need. But if if he's coming in with low ownership, I'm I'm interested with the strikeout stuff against this uh, bad Oakland offense. I mean, as far as the Oakland bats go here, yeah, this is two of the worst offenses in baseball. I've said it all week with these guys playing against each other. But um, looking at the Oakland bats against the lefty. I mean, if Murphy's in there, ton of power against lefties. If Smith is in there, ton of power against lefties. If Pinder is in there, ton of power against lefties. Um, I, I will say this noose. If he's in there, he's been terrible against lefties this year. He actually has better numbers against righties this year. He has a zero ISO and 26 at bats against lefties this year. So, I mean, I could see a little mini stack. I could see a full stack here. It's a young pitcher making his debut. Um, anything can happen in these types of starts. Yeah. If, if it was a different offense, this is a spot I would 
be looking to attack heavily because it's a young pitcher who's had control issues, even in the minors. I mean, I, I could see him coming up and going out there and not being able to get out of the first inning just because he can't find the plate. So I, I'm interested in Oakland. Um, they're cheap. So it helps you pay up for, for the Otanis and the McLean hands on this slate. Um, I think Wentz is a pretty decent pitcher, but I, I'm definitely interested in the stack just because of his control issues. Um, Oakland is, is not the best offense, but I, I think of the spot where you can play both sides of this game. Oh, yeah, it's baseball. You can always play both sides. You know, there's so many, so many times in like other sports, you don't play both sides, but in baseball, it is completely okay to play both sides. You make multiple teams. The variance is so high in baseball. Mike Trout against the worst pitcher in baseball can go 0 for 4. Mike Trout against the best pitcher in baseball can go 4 for 4 with two home runs. So uh, it's just, it's a sport with very high variance. So you got to make more teams. Um, and it's okay to go against your pitcher in a different lineup because that's baseball. Uh, Detroit here on the other side of this game, just kind of looking at their numbers against left-handed pitching this season. Nothing like jumping off the page to me here. Um, I mean, Grossman's always good from the right side of the plate. He's 4,400. I mean, that's a fair price. Um, you know, Javi Baez is a guy throughout his career that's always had power and the strikeout rate's gone down against left-handed pitching. I could see like a little mini stack here with Detroit. Like, I don't think, I don't think Lagoo is like a guy that's going to go out and dominate this team. So, um, and through his few starts, he's given up a lot of fly balls to righties. So I could see a little mini stack here with Detroit. Yeah, I, I like this Detroit team, I think. Um, Baez, like you mentioned, Grossman, I'm fine with. A little bit overpriced, in my opinion. But then it gets pretty cheap from there. Um, Scope is a guy I like. Um, Eric Haas, if he cracks the lineup, $3,500 catcher. I can get on board with that. Cabrera, I know he doesn't have the same skills as he, as he once did, uh, but he's 3,600. So I, I'm talking myself into a full stack here of Detroit. Um, just I don't know how much talent Lagu has. I think I think I'm fine, even though that Detroit's not the the best offense, not a ton of power here. Um, I'm fine with them as a full stack. Yeah, the more I think about it, with like so this slate bat like hitting wise is kind of limited i mean there's a lot of good pitchers on the slate and you know i think there is two games at an eight total and we don't have a, to a, a total for the rangers game yet so i mean this might be a day that i don't even like fully stack any team and just kind of play like a three three two or a you know on, on fanduel a three three two and DraftKings a three three two right yeah three three two three 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 two is right. Yeah. Three three two. I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if it's the day like I do a full stack. I think I might spread out and do more mini stacks today because there's not like an offense on this slate that I'm like I have to have this offense. So anyway, we got Boston at Atlanta. Nathan Eovaldi going up against Ian Anderson here. This game, another game, seven and a half total. The Braves a one thirty favorite. Any interest here in Nathan Eovaldi? Yeah, I do. Um, he's a guy that's that's really taken leaps with his strikeout rate in the last two years since coming to Boston. Uh, he's over twenty six percent this season. Don't love the price tag at ninety four hundred. Tough matchup against Atlanta, but I, I think he makes for a decent pivot in that that top range of pitching. 
I don't think he's going to come with an owner, a lot of ownership just because of the matchup. Um, and if that's the case, I'm going to play some in tournaments. Yeah. I mean, Whitlock had some strikeouts. He, he walked a ton of people in that start um, today. Sorry. I'm trying not to tilt that both of my pitchers are getting shelled here. Um, Clevenger and Nola are just like, Hey, we don't want you to make money today. Um, sorry. I am tilting a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Eovaldi, the strikeout stuff is the potential is there. It's, it's a good offense. And with Acuna back, I mean, not only does he add some strikeouts, but he also adds like a guy that just, he could beat you in so many different ways, stolen bases, home runs, um, getting on base to steal bases to get himself into scoring position right there at the beginning. He gives lineup protection to Olsen and Riley. I mean, this is a good lineup. Eovaldi, I agree with you. I'm impressed by like what Eovaldi has been able to do. Um, this is a tough spot. It's not safe by any means, but I do think in tournaments um, you can roll out Nathan Eovaldi here. This is, I will say this, this is probably best hitting conditions on the slate this game, um, like just weather-wise. So I, and that's obviously concerning. And then Ian Anderson on the other side of this game, you know, he had that really rough start against Cincinnati to start the season. And he's been okay. He just hasn't been dominant. 5-5 five, five XFIP, 17% K rate, 14% walk rate. He's just struggling. So when I look at those numbers, not only do I want to fade Ian Anderson, I kind of want to stack the socks here because when a guy is struggling with command, at least two walks and four out of five starts and giving up home runs, like the earned runs and the, and the runs against a good team are going to come. Yeah, we are on the same page here. Um, there's something clearly off with, with Ian Anderson. Uh, the strikeout rate is down. The walks are up. Those are both red flags. For, for somebody who's struggling with mechanics or, or some maybe an, a tweaked elbow or something, just something isn't right with Ian Anderson. He's not the same pitcher that we saw last year. Um, definitely not playing him here against the Red Sox. Uh, I'm completely with you. And the Angels are pummeling the the Rays right now. Corey Kluber is getting shelled. Um, Boston Bats, I mean, I just kind of said it. I, I really like the Red Sox here. You know, Devers is 58 and Xander Bogarts is 53. But I, I, I still like the stack. You can get some cheap pieces here to go into this stack. Um, you just got to kind of look how the lineup comes out. Is Dahlbeck going to be in there? Is Kiki Hernandez going to be in there? Is Cadoro going to be in there? Because he's super cheap. So, I like the stack here because, like you said, I, I think something's off with Ian Anderson, and I want to take advantage of it until I feel like he's healthy or whatever it is is fixed. But, I mean, even the righties, like right now, 52 plate appearances for Ian Anderson against right-handed hitters, and his average exit velocity is over 95 50% of the time. So, like, there's a ton of upside in an offense that can pummel him here and I mean, the Red Sox have been off to a cold start, but they still have a ton of talent on this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you talk about their cold start. Um, that that kind of stuff early in the year doesn't bother me. Like, this team could turn it on at, at any point. Um, I Like, I think that, it, that hitters could figure it out more quickly than somebody who's struggling through a couple of starts like Anderson. Like, I'm, I, I want to attack that. I think he 
struggles again with his control. That puts a ton of people on base, and the Red Sox just have a ton of power. So a full stack makes makes a lot of sense. I like that Devers and Bogarts are expensive to hold their ownership down, and then you've got the cheaper guys that help make the stack affordable. So all of this lines up as very playable. I, I have a ton of interest here. I actually have a slight interest in Atlanta as well. Like I said, this is the best hitting conditions on the slate. It's going to be hot in Atlanta. And I mean, there's so many places where it's still like so iffy when it comes to weather. Um, Eovaldi's a good pitcher. And I typically don't want to stack against him. But if we're just like considering weather and ceiling teams, I mean, I, I think we have to just consider the ceiling here. It's going to be 85 to 90 degrees in this game. The wind's going to be blowing out the center field. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what like weather edge and Kevin Roth has to say just in general here. Like is weather edge going to say this is the best game? Cause I mean, the weather in St. Louis is nice too. Um, but it just it seems like this Atlanta game. And when we're talking ceiling, like Acuna, Riley, Olsen, Darno, Albies, you know, all these guys could have big games. And like Acuna's come back and he's like, I'm fine. Watch me run. Um, <laughs> he's just doing everything. He's stealing bases. He has hits in six straight games. Like, yeah, it's it's hard not to have some interest in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't know that I'll full stack him because I, I do like Eovaldi as a pitcher. Um, he has really good control. The walk rate's down under 5%. So it's not a, he's not a guy that gets blown up a ton. But I, I could definitely be talked into like a three-man of Acuna, Olsen, Albies, something like that. Um, I do like Acuna as a one-off, even though he's expensive. Albies fills a middle infield position. Um, so the three-man I could be talked into, but I don't have a ton of interest in, in full stacking him. Whew, man, these first two days this week have not been the best. Um, and the Phillies kept me up yesterday, but their prize picks is going to keep me up today. Um, oof, rough one. Anyway, Houston at Minnesota is where we go next. Uh, Verlander did lose his no-hitter. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not, but um, and they didn't let him come out in the ninth. He... Was that 89 pitches in the Yankton? But I didn't expect them to go complete game shutout, but it'd been nice. Um, all right. So this game has a seven and a half total as well. And it's kind of a pick'em game. The Astros are a slight favorite here. Uh, we got your Kite going up against Archer. Any interest here in Jose your Kite? He's not a guy I like to play in DFS very much. I will say Minnesota's dealing with a ton of injuries. They put Correa in the DL yesterday, or IL, sorry. Um, Buxton was not in the lineup. So if Buxton is out of this lineup again, maybe I could be talked into it. Um, if Buxton is in there, I think Urquidy's just – he's overpriced. He doesn't strike a ton of guys out. The form has not been great this year. I'm looking it up on the – yeah, his, his strikeout rate this year has been under 15%. So – I just I don't think there's a ton of upside, even though we could see um, a pretty weak Twins lineup here. Yeah, I wrote a Verlander yesterday. I was just like, right when Correa got put on the IL, it's like if Buxton's out of his lineup too, Verlander's just going to dominate this team. And 
I mean, the dude threw eight shutout innings and allowed one hit with five strikeouts. He dominated that team. So yeah, I had a strikeout prop, so I I appreciate it, the domination. Was it like six and a half or, or something? Yeah, it was. It was six and a half. I would have taken the over on that too when I saw that lineup. Um, so many strikeouts at the bottom half, but I don't think I play him in this spot. I do like the fact that he's thrown over ninety pitches and back to back starts, and he seems to be stretched out enough where he could put up a twenty twenty five point game. So many good pitchers on the slate that I don't think you need him today. And then Chris Archer on the other side, Archer's shown some strikeout ability to start the year, but he's still like the home runs are the walks, all that stuff is just, it, it's so hard to play Chris Archer on a nightly basis. And I think Houston's the top stack on the slate. Yeah, it's the matchup against Houston. I'm I'm not playing Archer against Houston. I think there's still some skills in there. I, it's he's always risky. He he struggles with command at times. He he gives up too much hard contact. Um, but in the right matchup, I would play him. I'm not playing him against Houston. Yeah, I'm not playing him against Houston either. Aaron Judge walk off. That's cool. I like walk off home runs. They're awesome. Uh, as far as the Houston bats go, I love Houston here. They're the team that I want to pay up for. Um, if like I, I, as much as I like the Red Sox too, like if I was going to fully stack a team today, it'd be Houston. Um, love this spot. Kyle Tucker, 46. Jordan Alvarez, I think is the top hitter on the entire slate. Um, so I'm just going to kind of build around here. Like Brantley's cheap. McCormick's cheap. Depending on like who's in the lineup here. Um, I think they're all in play here against Archer massive fly ball guy a lot of these guys have power so yeah i'm looking at houston for sure here yeah just a super talented offense uh with a bunch of power up and down the lineup um love alvarez tucker would be my next look probably at 4600 uh brantley is too cheap at 3900 um yeah i mean guriel is the the one that's a slightly overpriced uh, at 4600 but altuve and bregman are fine in the 5k range Pena is a little bit overpriced too, but it's like Alvarez Tucker would be the first ones. Brantley is in there too. And then it just kind of depends on who else is in the lineup. Uh, if we get Castro at 3,500 or Maldonado at 2,900, could look at either of them for a cheap catcher. Um, I'm with you. I like the Astros here. Minnesota on the other side. I mean, if Buxton is out, Cray is out, they're going to be super cheap. I don't mind like a one-off of Max Kepler batting leadoff in this spot. He hit leadoff. If Buxton's out, I would expect Kepler to hit leadoff again. Um, Polanco is always someone you could potentially look at in this spot. Not stacking Minnesota, but I mean, some pieces here I don't think are the worst idea. Yeah, they're they're really cheap, that's for sure. Um, Kepler jumps off the page at 3,600. I like that. Urquidy does have reverse splits. Um, so Miranda, the young prospect, is still 2,600, and he's got some power. I wouldn't mind him as a cheap one-off. Um, first base, third base eligibility is nice as well. Royce Lewis has been covering shortstop for Correa. He's 2,300. So, I mean, you can definitely find some value bats in this lineup. Urquidy is not a guy I want to stack against. Great control. Um, but I, I don't mind trying to find a cheap home run here at all. All right. Baltimore at St. Louis. We got Watkins against Miles Mikolas. This game has an eight total. The Cardinals are massive, 210, 220 favorites. Um, we'll start here with Spencer Watkins. Max of 76 pitches this year really has not shown any ability to get hitters out. Um, 
I mean, I liked St. Louis on yesterday's slate. I'll definitely go back to the well here because, I mean, I don't think Spencer Watkins is good. Yeah, I mean, I if you look at his ERA, I'm pulling it up right now because I'm interested. 322, but he has an XERA of 601, an XFIP of 509. So this is all smoke and mirrors for this guy. He doesn't strike anyone out. Um, he's going to get beat up at some point. Uh, I think this is a spot. I, I love St. Louis here. Yep. Um, I Just, yeah, 10% walk rate, 10% strikeout rate. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of reverse splits, and this lineup is just full of good right-handed bats. So it's actually a perfect matchup for the bats, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the other side of this game, Miles Mikolas. Baltimore has been a little bit better here um, over the last couple weeks, um, week, week or so, I would say. Still a decent amount of strikeouts in this lineup. Miles Mikolas has been good this year. Um and digging into it, there it just the numbers scream regression for him. I'll say that, and I said it last time against the Giants. Um, they just scream regression. His, his xFIP is is three points higher than his ERA. The swinging strike rate is seven percent. So I don't think he can keep up. Um, you know this this twenty to twenty four percent strikeout rate. Not going to walk guys. He's a control guy. He's going to generate soft contact. But it just at the end of the day, it really comes down to is Babbitt in his favor or not? Um, I mean, Baltimore is not a team that's going to go out and pummel him. If he was a little cheaper, I think I'd like him here. But this is the highest price tag he's been all year. I just I, I struggle getting Miles Mikolas in this spot, even though I think like he's probably one of the best pitchers for a win on this slate. Yeah, it, it's the price tag for me. I think Mikolas is a, is a pretty good pitcher, um, I, and I'm not even sold that, that what he's doing is, is fake this year. I, like, I think he's a legitimately good pitcher, but he doesn't have any strikeout upside and he's 9,100. Um, I think he could give you six or seven innings and, and get the win in the spot for sure. Maybe the Baltimore um, bats stri- like help him with the strikeouts, but it's still a guy who has like a 20% strikeout rate. Um, 9,100 is, is just too much. I would rather save some money and hope I could, just match him point per dollar with strikeouts. Um, so I, I don't think I'll be playing him here. Yeah, I don't think I'll be playing him, and it's more um, – it's just – I think it's more of the pitchers that we have on this slate. I, I think, like, McGill, McClanahan, Otani all have more ceiling than Mikolas here. Um I don't think he's the craziest idea. I, I don't, but there's a good chance on this slate that like I double barrel McClanahan and McGill on like my main team because I do think they're they're two of the better options on this slate. Um and like and we talked about Wentz. I don't think he's a, a crazy idea either. Um so I just don't think I get to him today. I think I I mean he okay, so the counter argument is that Keith. You know, it's a small slate. We could talk about this real quick. But the counter argument to that is, does Otani get so much ownership that Mikolas gets none facing Baltimore? And then we're like, oh, well, maybe we should get some exposure to him because the pivot is there. Could he outscore Otani? I mean, the odds are very slim. 
Otani has so much more strikeout ability, but I'm interested to just kind of hear your thoughts on like, is this a potential pivot or do you pivot with like someone else in this range? Um, what are your thoughts? So I, I just pulled up his game log because I wa- wanted to see what his high score was this season. And I'm, I'm pretty surprised. Uh, he actually has two games this year with seven strikeouts. Like the, the 19% strikeout rate on the season is not good, but this matchup, um, if he gets you seven innings and seven strikeouts, he can outscore Otani with that. He's put up 28.6 DK starts in his second uh, start of the season. Uh, the other one was seven. He had 24 DK points like that. That's usable. usable. You don't need Otani to even get blown up to not get 24 DK points. So I think it's a viable pivot. I, I do think that Otani will be pretty highly owned on this slate. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into him as a tournament play. It's just like you see these other starts where he has five and two thirds innings with, with three strikeouts against San Francisco. Obviously this is a much easier um, matchup and there's far more strikeout upside. So maybe, maybe the opponent does push him into the tournament conversation for me. Yeah, Cause like thinking about it outside of like maybe Mullins who's 5,400. I don't have a ton of interest in Baltimore bets. Because, like, he's not typically a guy that gets blown up because he just has junk, man. The dude just throws junk. He throws sinkers and curveballs and sliders. And he he went over, I think it was Japan, and played a couple seasons and just just learned how to throw junk. And, I, I mean, he has good command. The umpire matters for him, too. So look at who's umpiring this game because he is someone that will take advantage of a good umpire behind the plate. So... Yeah, but as far as the Baltimore bats, stack or fade? I think that's the only way you approach them, and I really don't want to stack them today. Yeah, I don't either. Like that's like Michael, as I said, I think he's a good pitcher, but he's more of a, a ground ball control guy in my mind, and that's that's the least my least favorite pitcher to stack against. Like it's going to be really hard to blow him up. Baltimore doesn't have that many talented bats, so they're really cheap. But uh, I'm I don't think I'll find myself on Baltimore. Yeah, I think if you're playing anybody, it's Santander. He's a massive fly ball guy against ground ball pitcher. Uh, but, I mean, St. Louis, I love St. Louis in this spot. You know, I love them yesterday. I'm going back. Juan Yepes um, is someone he's still really cheap. He's not as cheap as he's been the last couple of days, but he's still cheap. This dude can hit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he got he got called up and, like, he's he just like, I can hit. Let's go. Um, so... <laughs> all joking aside like this is a dude that was a top 20 prospect in the cardinals organization he he had matt like he grades out as like a massive raw power guy he hit 22 home runs in triple a last season and he hit nine home runs in the first 22 games this year in triple a and they're like all right this dude we just got to call this guy up um and he hit like fourth or something right fourth or fifth fourth yesterday yeah i mean he makes the stack easier because he's cheap. DeJong, Carlson, they're cheap. But I think you got to get O'Neill in there. You got to get Goldschmidt and you got to get Arenado and you build around those three. Um, and, and just, I mean, the St. Louis stack's jumping off the board again today. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it's absolutely the, the number one stack on the board for me. Uh, Yepes being cheap and in the middle of the lineup is just going to make it really easy to stack these guys. Um, O'Neill is also. I mean, he's a thousand dollars under price, in my opinion, for this matchup. You touched on um, 
Spencer Watkins reverse splits and the Cardinals are extremely right-handed with plenty of right-handed power. So uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt also awesome plays. Um, Dylan Carlson hasn't had the best season, but he's 3,200. Molina is a cheap catcher at 3,100. Um, I, yeah, I love the, the Cardinals here. Uh, DeJong did get sent down actually. So he's did he not get available. Sent down? He did finally, cause he's been struggling so bad. That's good though. He needs, I mean, sometimes guys need to get sent down just to get it going. Yeah. Reset a little bit and come back. He's, he's a decent hitter. I think I was wondering why something. I was wondering why Donovan was in the lineup today. Um, I didn't see that news and I think Donovan hit a home run too. Um, so it's always fun. <laughs> get sent down and the guy that is in your position and he hits a homer in the first game you're sitting down and you're like all right i gotta get back up there <laughs> yeah give you a little motivation for sure i gotta get up there what, what's it gonna take <laughs> so, um all right let's uh let's move on here last game on the slate this this slate's gonna end pretty early like it, eight o'clock is the last game on this one so pretty early um, I'm super happy that Clevenger got his strikeout prop and now I don't really have to sweat any other things. So a lot of, a lot of five V fives over there on prize picks for your boy. Um, yes. yeah, was on the right stuff today. Just uh, like Robert was at like one and a half total bases and like Brad Miller hitting lead off in that spot was at half a base, like half a total base. And I was like, dude, all I got to do is get a single from Brad Miller. He's good for that. So. <laughs> Built around a lot of that, but anyway. And then, like, Oladipo, I built around his point, rebound, and assist, and yeah, anyway. Good stuff. All right. We got Singer. We got AJ Alexi. We got Kansas City and Texas facing off on the last game here. I already said no total. Um, we'll start here with Singer, who is 5K, going up against Texas, who hasn't thrown many pitches here. Um, Triple-A, like – to get right, but man, what we've seen from him this year has not been good. Yeah, uh, it started out in the bullpen uh, here for Kansas City. They sent him down. He did make a couple of starts, but he has not been over five innings, so I'm very concerned about the leash. Um, 75 max is my guess. 75, yeah. Yep, I think that's the right range there. Um, Texas is a, a much improved offense, so I, I, I would much rather play, um, losing his name now, Wentz from Detroit. Yep. Same range. Uh, since we have him on this slate, I don't think we need to mess around with singing. Yeah, and the same kind of goes for me here. AJ Alexi, we saw him a little bit last year. Good fastball, terrible command, not a good changeup. The curveball has opportunity. But last year, 6.5 Sierra, 9% swinging strikes with 17% Ks and 50% fly balls. So he had a 1.57 home run per nine in his four starts triple a to start this season he has started six games he has a six x fip he has a 1.7 whip and he's still struggling with fly balls and home run so and the strikeout numbers are really close so i just don't think he has the upside as wins um and then even for like even for that matter i think i'd play zach lagoo at more money than either one of these guys yeah, I'm with you. I definitely have more interest in Wentz. Um, Lexi is just walking way too many guys, too. Like, he's, he's not going to have a long leash to begin with, and then he's going to walk three or four guys. I'd be shocked if he makes it out of the fourth inning. Uh, this should be a pretty short one here for him. Yeah, 6.6 um, walk per nine last year, and then in AAA this year, 7.2 at almost 17% for him. So Yeah, yikes. 
I mean, I don't. Okay, so looking at the Kansas City lineup, like you're not gonna love looking at this lineup and, and looking at the names that you're gonna play here. But I mean, you're gonna you're gonna end up on some of these guys. The numbers aren't great, but this guy walks so many people that like you can mini stack or fully stack Kansas City here, and they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be the chalky like value stack today. Um, you know, with 3,900, if Melendez is behind the plate, he's 3,100. He's a lefty. Um, yeah, like just, you're not going to love it, but they're, they're in play here for sure. Yeah. I love Kansas city. I hope they're not, they're not chalky. I thought this was going to be, I mean, St. Louis is definitely going to grab some ownership. Um, there were a couple other teams that are slightly cheaper than, than Kansas city too. So I'm hoping they stay under the radar a little bit, but yeah, this, this is a spot I want to attack for sure. Even if they, they are a little bit chalky, um, love Sal Perez, obviously, uh, Ben at 4,700 seems too expensive, but in this matchup, I'm, I'm fine with that Witt at 3,900, um, Bobby, that is, is he back up? He's 2,400. Yeah. He got called up, um, couple days ago nice yeah Saturday. i mean big power yeah 50 percent hard hits and 27 percent k's but we're not we're not necessarily too worried about the k's here yep um yeah I, I i like this kansas city stack quite a bit yeah i'm with you um right there with you and i didn't mean to interrupt you i just O'Hearn, i i didn't realize like so i was looking at the texas prices really quick and like brad miller's 2500 and Ryan O'Hearn was 24. He was like right below him. And I was like, oh, there you go. Nice. But yeah, Brad Miller, Texas Bats. I mean, he should hit leadoff here. He's way too cheap. Again, Brad Miller, like healthy Brad Miller, has always hit well in, throughout his career. Um, it, it's just he doesn't stay healthy for a whole season. So I think we're we're definitely looking at you know him. We're looking at Seager. And then building around those two guys with Simeon Lowe. Um, yeah, I mean, Texas, this is a this is a spot I'm definitely gonna attack here. I don't think I don't think Singer is that good, and I don't think he's gonna go too deep into this game. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Even if Singer is good, like he's not gonna go more than three or four innings, I don't think. And the then we're gonna get the the front end of that Kansas City bullpen. Um, so it's a good spot here for sure. Uh Seeger had a big game. Last night, I, I played a good amount of Texas. Um, Solak is another guy who had a good game. He's only 2,700. Yeah. Um, Calhoun hidden from the left side, left side at 2,500. So, yeah, I, I like this Texas team. Um, it's easy to fit in somebody like Seeger at 5,200 when you have all these guys under 3K to, to stack with him. Um, Jonah Heim is 5,100. I don't know what that's about. Probably going to skip him in my stack, but <laughs> – I mean, he's been really, he's been really good this year, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're the for team, sure. he's going to be like 1% owned. Um, <laughs> I will say this, like, I, I'm not saying Singer is a bad pitcher and I didn't want to portray me saying that he has good command. He has an above average slider. Um, he has good strikeout stuff. I thought he was going to be great in the bullpen. I thought that was going to be a really good move for him. Like, I think he could potentially be like a really strong setup man where he can come out use his command, attack hitters with that slider. But the walks when he has started games have always been a problem. And when you're walking guys, 
I mean, that's just when you DFS becomes so valuable because just the potential he's going to strike guys out. Like there's a good chance that he strikes out four or five guys here, even in his, in his four or five innings. Like he has good strikeout stuff. Um, it's just one. I don't think he pitches deep into the game and, and two, it's just the walks. All right, let's um, let's talk morning grind game. We'll get out of here. I realized that was the last game. Under eight K to get six or more strikeouts today. Who do you got? Uh, Joey Wentz is the guy. I love that matchup against Oakland. We talked about the stuff in the minors. I think he he translates that here. Yeah, I think the only other guy that could get there is Zach Legu. Um, seventy one hundred ninety pitches last time out. Five strikeouts against Minnesota. It's a much better matchup here going up against Detroit. The more we go through this slate, the more that like I actually have slight interest in him. Um, because there's some there's some top end stacks. I want St. Louis, I want Houston, I want Boston. So as much as I said, I probably won't stack a lot on this slate, I'll probably stack those teams. So that's why you break down the slates. Like this is uh, you know, everyone listening, like this is a first look for them, but like getting through the end of the slate, like gives me a good idea of what I'm looking at on the day as well. And then lineups come out and you make adjustments and stuff, but uh, weather is something else that I love to look at over eight K to score under 15. Who is your bust today? Um, I'm going to go Ian Anderson. I just, something's off with him. Strikeouts are down, walks are up. I think he struggles again here against Boston. Yeah. I'm going to go your Kaidi. Um, those are the two guys in this range that I really just don't like. Um, the more that we talked about Mikolas, I think that you could potentially play him. I think you could play Otani, Ivaldi, McGill, McClanahan. So I think the two guys over AK that I'm just not looking at here are those two guys. So I'm right there with you. Uh, give me a guy over 4K to go yard today. Uh, I'm going to give you one right at 4,100. Tyler O'Neill against Spencer Love Watkins. It. Yeah. Love it. I'm going up to the top. I'm going Jordan Alvarez. He hits his ninth home run on the season. Um, one of the best power bats in baseball. Just love this spot here going up against Chris Archer. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like today? Sticking with the, the Cardinals here. Uh, Juan Yapez has been – he's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling I might after we talked about that. I knew you were you liked him, but <laughs> I had him written down already. Sorry. There you go. No, listen, I love – like the one of the best things when you're doing this show is just when you're on the same page as like someone else, um, whoever the co-host is that day. It's just it's always a good feeling when you're like on the same page. So um, no, I, I love that call. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Brad Miller. He's just he's too cheap today. He's gonna be chalky. He's just too cheap at 2,500 hitting leadoff um, in a good matchup here. I, I'm gonna go Brad Miller. And, like, he might not get two hits because he might strike out and, you know, get a walk or something, but I just still think he's too cheap today. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. I like that Kansas City stack. Um, hopefully they don't get too chalky, um, but a young pitcher who struggles with, with control, I think there's a lot of traffic on the bases. They should put up some runs here. I like that one. I, I'm not going to go Houston. I'll go St. Louis. Um, I like the Cardinals a lot today. You know, we talked about them quite a bit. 
I I love this spot for Houston. Like my three top stacks today are St. Louis, Houston, and Boston. I'm going to build around those three teams today. Um, whether I full stack them or not, we'll see. But I think those are the three like spots I really want to approach and like attack this slate. And everyone knows like I'm a three entry max person, so I'll build my three teams around those three teams. So there you go. Um, that's kind of it. There's nothing really up on prize picks yet. I was hoping we'd get some like early game prize picks. Um, but they have hitter fantasy score, and it looks like there's only like three or four games posted for that. So gonna pass on prize picks today. And I mean, is there anything on the betting side that's like jumping off the page to you here? Nothing jumping off the page. I thought um Tampa Bay at even money is interesting. I know they're on the road against Otani, but Tampa Bay went just wins a lot of games in the regular season. So anytime you can get them around even money, I'm interested in that. Um, and Boston as an underdog, I, I'm interested in that too. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the Cardinals. There's two books right now that have the Cardinals plus 110 at minus one and a half. Um, so not the best odds for giving a run and a half, but I do think the Cardinals just absolutely smashing the spot. So um, I'm not worried about giving up a run and a half here. Um, so yeah, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Fun day of baseball ahead. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.